والسلام على رسول الله وعلى اله وصحبه وله اما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمه الله تعالى وبركاته how's everybody doing alhamdulillah fantastic so we finished off after mentioning all the ayat building up you know either either when this when this happens when this happens and then finally subhanallah ayah number 14 allah subhanahu wa ta'ala finally closes with what after all this takes place alimat nafsum ma ahdarat every soul will know what it has brought forth and one uh, brother he came up and he made a very nice observation he said isn't it interesting that allah didn't say u'limat nafsum ma ahdarat that each soul will be made to know no it's not that you'll be made to know it's that you'll already know so the idea is that when you see everything, the whole universe is, is essentially coming apart and you're seeing the reality come to life, that this was all a test and that there's now going to be either reward or punishment, subhanAllah. It is an intrinsic knowledge. You know who you were, you know what you did, and uh, you know what you are deserving of. So alimat, you already know. Then we continue. Allah Ta'ala says what? فَلَا أُقْسِمُ بِالْخُنَّسِ So, fa means so. Uh, la means it's it's taking a, an oath. No, I swear that. فلا أقسم بالخنس. So uh, so I swear by the what? Al-khunnas means something that is retreating. So let's break this down piece by piece. The fa here, first and foremost, implies what? So now that we've concluded in the midst of the chaos of judgment day that the criminals will remember what they've done, all of their deeds. Now that we've established that fact, therefore, now Allah Ta'ala, usually find that oaths begin, uh, are, are, are taking place at the beginning of the surah. Now you're finding it's in the middle of the surah, Allah Ta'ala is starting again with oaths and making a very powerful oath about this khunnas. Khunnas only shows up twice in the Quran, the root letters of kha, noon, and seen only show up twice. Fala uqsimu bil khunnas. And what's the other surah, or what's the other ayah where you find this root le- le- root le- or these root letters? Everybody knows this surah. Everybody knows this ayah. Huh? I knew someone was going to say it, right? Last surah of the Quran, everybody has to know it. So these are the only two times this uh, ayah shows up. So what does this mean? Means to be to hide, to be absent. It can also mean to contract or to shrink. It can also mean to retreat back, like you know when something gets scared and it goes back to its hiding place. That's that's one implication. And it can also mean, and so these are the main meanings that either to hide or to shrink. Those are the two I'm going to focus on. You're going to have to bear with me because I'm going to do a lot of build-up and then the end it's all going to come together. So just be a little bit patient, inshallah ta'ala. So the first point that I want to highlight is that the scholars seem to be, in, for the most part, in agreement that Allah ta'ala here is talking about stars. So no, I swear by, but instead of saying al-nujum or al-kawakib or anything like this, instead of mentioning the stars, Allah says, it describes them by their uh, uh, quality of retreating. What does this mean? Stars appear at night and then retreat or hide during the day. That's one possible meaning. Or also, some stars twinkle. Like you see them and then it's like they've retreated. You see them and they've retreated. Uh, it's you know, appearing and disappearing at night. Now the Arabs believed that these stars have a message within them. Right? And people do this till today, you know, horoscopes and stuff like this, right? So this is nothing new, the idea of looking up at the stars and gaining all, these, uh, gaining all this insight from the stars. So they almost treated, uh, they would treat it either like a map, right? Like uh, the, uh, what are they called? The, um, what are the, what's the word for this? this? The signs, what are they called? Astro- zodiac signs, thank you very much. The zodiacal signs, <laughs> this is how little I pay attention to these things. Yeah, the zodiac signs. Or it could be like Morse code, you see the blinking and you feel like, oh, it's sending me a message. And the kahin, or the soothsayer, 
would take advantage of that superstition and interpret the message in the stars, like a palm reader or like a horoscope, for a price, of course. And they make big money in doing so. And they still do till today. This is nothing new, subhanAllah. Shaitan doesn't need new tricks. He's playing the same stuff on humanity all the time, subhanAllah. And the soothsayer would obviously uh, uh, claim that they were in contact with the jinn and would retrieve the information from the heavens. And fortune tellers usually tell the customer what they want to hear, obviously to ensure repeat business, which is in stark contrast to the harsh and sobering message up until this point, right? That's, why, that's how they make their money, right? By telling you what you want to hear, telling you something that's comforting and interesting and, oh, it's a big story, come back next week for more information, right? And so it's always, it's always a big show for them, as opposed to this Oh, this, these ayat of the Qur'an, which are very true, but also very sobering and very powerful. Look, it's all going to come to an end. Everything's going to get ripped up. It's not what I want to hear, but it's the truth, subhanAllah. And yes, of course, notice that astrologers use the stars as a teacher or as a guide, whereas Allah Ta'ala just described how he's going to destroy them all, right? As Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِذَنْ نُجُومٌ كَدَرَتْ all these are going to be ripped apart and thrown down. And it's all going to come apart. So you are so impressed with these stars, you're treating them like they're your teachers. Meanwhile, I'm the controller of these stars. I'm the one who created them, and I'm the one who's going to destroy them. So subhanAllah, this is something uh, remarkable as well. Then Allah Ta'ala says what? Al-Jawar al-Kunnas. This could be a continu continuity, still referring to the stars. But Wallah Alam, it seems to be another ayah now talking about a different kind of star, and Allah knows best, because uh, al-jawar is the plural of jariyah, jariyah, coming from jara yajri, to run a course, uh, to run or to course something, to flow, to stream. And so uh, al-jawar means the running, as in running their courses. Kunnas, coming from kenasa uh, yaknusu, uh, kensen, which means to, uh, or kenisa kensen, which means to take a shelter or to uh, hide in one's home. Uh, a kinas means the hiding place of a deer, where it would run and hide uh, to stay away from predators and so forth. And also, another meaning is kenasa yaknusu means to sweep or to clean or to vacuum, to suck up, which is also important. I'm going to mention why in a moment. And the plural is kunnas. So, what is this referring to? Al-Khunnas, that which you see, and then it retreats. <clears throat> and then Al-Jawar Al-Khunnas, that which courses, and then disappears. So what is that referring to? It could be shooting stars. So now we have three different types of stars that are being mentioned. Regular stars that you see them, and then they go away during the daytime. Some stars that are blinking, and others that are shooting, like shooting stars across the sky. Anybody who's wondering, where does this, what is the relationship between these words and kenisa, or kenis, which means a church or a synagogue, there is no relationship. I looked it up, and wallahu ta'ala adam, it seems that these words uh, uh, are from another language, perhaps Greek or Syriac, but they've been Arabicized, so there's no correlation to this idea of kenisa, or to, uh, you know, hide away or anything like this, because I was wondering, I was like, what does a kenisa have to do with hiding away? <laughs> you know, I was very confused about that. So anyway, wallahu alam, this verse seems to be referring to a shooting star that moves quickly, al-jawar, it courses, and then kunnas, uh, it disappears. It is interesting to note that the disbelievers thought that the shooting stars were, indi uh, were uh, uh, indicated uh, by jinn getting information when in reality they were jinn being shot down for getting information. So they would see these shooting stars saying, oh look, jinn are being delivered information and now that's my jinn, he's receiving it and I'm going to get my own information and then I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in the future because the jinn are listening to the, uh, to the uh, angels above them and trying to get information from them. Allah Ta'ala says no, these shooting stars are actually shooting and attacking these jinn to make sure that they do not get any information as Allah Ta'ala says what? إِنَّا زَيَّنَّ السَّمَاءَ الدُّنْيَا بِزِينَةٍ الْكَوَاكِبِ وَحِظًّا مِّن كُلِّ شَيْطَانٍ مَارِدٍ لَا يَسَّمَّعُونَ إِلَى الْمَلَأِ الْأَعْلَى وَيُقْذَفُونَ 
يخفون من كل جانب دحور ولهم عذاب واصب إلا من خطف الخطفة فأتبعه شهاب ثاقب Allah says indeed we have adorned the nearest heaven with an adornment of stars as in everything in this dunya all the stars as far as we can see for billions of light years away this is all the first dunya this is all the, uh, the, the, the sama or the sky that has been adorned with uh, stars and it is what as a protection against every rebellious devil so they may not listen to the exalted assembly of the angels and are pelted from every side repelled and for them is constant punishment so no they can't go so high that they can listen to the uh, assembly of the angels except sometimes they do and Allah says except one who snatches some words by theft but they are pursued by burning flame and piercing in brightness in other words when you see these shooting stars that's what's taking place the jinn are trying to get information and even if they do get some information they're going to mix it with a hundred lies anyway as we find in the hadith of the Prophet this is why even if a soothsayer has some authentic information, most, the vast majority of it is absolute nonsense. So now here's the point. Allah is swearing by these twinkling stars and shooting stars, which they consider to be a source of in information, to display his ultimate authority over them. And the pagans would find meaning in these small celestial blinking or quick movements. So Allah Ta'ala is swearing by the sun being wrapped up and by the stars disappearing that they will have to face their deeds. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, this is how you take your information, I'm going to destroy all this. Furthermore, the contrast between what they take as quote-unquote truth and which uh, versus what Allah Ta'ala is describing as an inevitable truth, as in Judgment Day, is very, very striking. There are other opinions as well. Some say that these khunnas uh, al-jawar uh, al-kunnas refer to the al-nujum or al-kawakib al-mutahayyirah, which means the confused celestial bodies because they have irregular orbits. This is referring to Saturn, Mercury, Jupiter, Mars, and Venus. But Allah knows best. Now, you're probably wondering, what does all this mean? I'm getting there. Just be a little bit patient with me, inshallah ta'ala. What, what is the big meaning behind all this? I'm getting there. Before I get there, though, I want to uh, uh, highlight another possibility. So the first possibility was what? Allah Ta'ala is referring to stars, whether they are shooting stars, blinking stars, or just the stars in the sky. Another possibility due to modern science is what? This could be a reference to the black hole. Now, why is that the case? Because al-khunnas, like we said, khanasa yani in qabada, which means to contract or to constrict or to shrink. It also means to disappear or to vanish. Al-jawar means that which is running or moving or coursing. And kunnas means that which sweeps or scavenges or sucks in. So what is this thing that Allah Ta'ala is swearing by that fits all these descriptions? Allah Alam. Scholars have long debated over it, but it seems that a black hole fits all of these descriptions. Why? Because first and foremost, they are collapsed stars where they get extremely compressed. And they are invisible because gravitational force traps everything, including light, into them. That's why you can't see them, because they suck in even the light. And they course through space like other celestial bodies, and then they sweep or swallow or vacuum anything that comes close to them. And even the order in which they are described is very, very interesting, because, subhanAllah, first the black hole is formed when a star collapses and it contracts, hence khunnas. And then it will move around, and once it, gets once it moves and gets close to something, so first it has to move, then it gets close to something, and then it vacuums. So al-jawar, al-kunnas, those two. First the movement, then the sucking in. So subhanAllah, this I really find fascinating. Why? Because like we talked about before, the first ayah seems to be really very much talking about a, uh, uh, a um, what's it called? Does anybody remember the term for it? I talked about it when I said, إِذَا الشَّمْسُ كُوِّرَتْ I said, please look up something on YouTube. Just watch a few videos of what? Does anybody remember? I don't know if anybody was there. It was called a tidal disruption event. It's called a tidal disruption event. 
And again, if you watch the videos on YouTube about it, they try to you know, reenact it and show how it would look. So you have, let's say, a star or a sun or whatever the case is, right? And then you see this black hole. You can't really see it. You just like this black, empty space, right? But you see it's moving towards it. And then it almost like, because it has a spin, right? Because black holes do have a spin. So therefore, when it starts to suck at it, it's almost like it's unraveling it. And then it starts to unravel and, and wrap around it. It really looks like, some, it looks like a turban being wrapped around a head, which is kawwara yukawiru takwiran. So subhanAllah, when Allah says, idha shamsu kuwirat, when the sun is wrapped up, it, if you watch the video, you're like, subhanAllah, it literally looks like somebody's unraveling this, this star and wrapping it around something, like, almost like a head, something round that is there. You can't really see what it is, but subhanAllah, it wraps it up, sucks it in, and gets rid of it. So the fact that the first ayah and now these ayat are all very much looking like a black hole. To me, I find that truly remarkable, especially because it's talking about the end times and how everything will be destroyed, subhanAllah. And Allah knows best. So, then Allah Ta'ala says what? وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا عَسْعَسْ By the night as it عَسْعَسَ يُعَسْعِسُ عَسْعَسَةً فَهُوَ مُعَسْعِسٌ Means to be blurry. It means to, and, and, and this is a يعني الفاض or الفاض الضاد It's a word that has opposite meanings. It could be at the beginning of nighttime when it starts to become blurry or at the end of nighttime when it also is a time of blurriness. Why? When both the light is very weak. So it can be, mean when the light, uh, when nighttime is beginning or ending. So it uh, has a double meaning. The beginning of darkness or the end of darkness, very similar to So now Allah Ta'ala is swearing an oath by what? By the blurriness, by the murkiness of nighttime, whether it's the beginning of night or the end of night, this is a, a matter of difference of opinion. Now you're going to see how it all ties together, inshallah. By the dawn, when it to breathe in. So what is that referring to? Well, when the morning begins, the sun extends its light and begins to rise. And when everybody wakes up, they take their first breath. I'm sure you've been next to somebody who's sleeping. And then they take that first morning breath when they start to, you know, see, look, like they, they gain consciousness, that first, first breath. So we should always remember that the next time you wake up, that Allah Ta'ala swears by that first morning breath, subhanAllah. It could be a reference to the morning cool breeze or fresh air, waking up and feeling refreshed, uh, ready for a new day. The breath also represents a new day, uh, a new hope, and a new future. So it's a very, very positive imagery. It's painting the picture of nighttime choking the day until the dawn breaks, and then at daytime, uh, you get to finally breathe comfortably. Why? Because at nighttime, people are nervous due to the uncertainty of darkness. And during the day, you can see uh, clearly and receive full information about your surroundings, and therefore, you can finally breathe easy. So this is where all of it ties together, inshallah ta'ala. What you find here is now Allah ta'ala is swearing by these stars for what reason? Because these pagans accept information from ambiguous patterns in the stars or the twinkling of the stars, that's ayah number 15, or in ayah number 16, they accept information from random, random shooting stars and they try to derive meaning from it. Oh, I think this means this. Oh, I think this means that. And they believe whatever these soothsayers say. And when do they do this? During the uncertainty of night, as Allah Ta'ala refers to in ayah number 17. So then ayat 18 and 19, Allah Ta'ala is saying, meanwhile, the Qur'an, by comparison, is like the brightness of day. Hence why Allah Ta'ala says, وَالصُّبْحِ إِذَا تَنَفَّسْ إِنَّهُ لَقَوْلُ رَسُولٍ كَرِيمٍ إِنَّهُ لَقَوْلُ رَسُولٍ كَرِيمٍ This is from a what? This is the word of a noble messenger. In other words, you guys are paying attention to the, to the sky, trying to receive messages. I'm telling you, there is a noble messenger, Jibreel السلام, who's giving you a true message, and it's not ambiguous Twi uh, twilight, twinkling, uh, uh, darkness, confusion, and what does it mean? Oh, I think when it blinks like this, it means that, and when it's shooting to that side, it means this, and when it's shooting that way, it means that, oh, this pattern means this, and all this is just guesses in the, in the in, in, you know, randomness. No, Allah Ta'ala is saying, 
This is a double standard. And this is the, the, the main point that Wallahu ta'ala Adam, it seems to be the main point behind these oaths. Whenever you talk to somebody who demonstrates hyper-skepticism towards your Islam, how do we know this? How do we know that? How are we sure of this? And then you give them more evidence. They say, well, I'm, I doubt that. And they say, okay, here's more evidence. Well, I doubt that as well. And then you keep on giving more and more evidence towards your claims, making it more and more solid and clear. And all they can do in response to all of this is do what? They can, all they can do is bring more and more doubt. Well, how can I be sure of this? How can I be sure of my, yeah, you're making a lot of sense, but how can I trust my own brain, right? Some people get so desperate, they're saying, yes, you're right, that everything's pointing me in that direction, but how can I trust what I understand and what I know? How can I trust myself? How can I trust you? Maybe I'm in a dream. And they will go so far. But at the exact same time, you will, they will not maintain that level of hyper-skepticism consistently throughout the rest of their life. Because if the weatherman says it's going to rain tomorrow, they believe it. And if their friend says, man, you should join this program, you know, after five years, you can get a good degree. Okay, I'll join it. Five years of an investment and you're not even sure, but you have to trust it. You're, how many times, you could get into an accident on the road, why are you getting in your car? What happened to your hyper-skepticism? You know, you shouldn't be driving. You shouldn't be uh, investing in business. It could fail, right? Where's your hyper-skepticism? You will find the double standards. And Allah Ta'ala here is highlighting just how grave their double standard is, while they are, on the one hand, saying, how can I trust this Qur'an? Sure, the Prophet Muhammad is the most honest person I've ever met, and sure, his message makes a lot of sense, and yes, the Qur'an has beautiful, brilliant arguments in it, and yes, it is calling me to the oneness of God, and yes, we know that we are from the lineage of Ibrahim who taught us about the oneness of God, and, and, and yes, all this evidence is there, but I'm skeptical. Meanwhile, oh, you saw that blink? What do you think that means? Let's go talk to the soothsayer, get our palms red. The guy is a complete joke. This is nothing. This is nonsense. Oh, that means this, and this means this. Oh, yeah, yeah, and they believe it. Because the fact of the matter is, the more people pretend that they are so rational and above any sort of belief, you will always find them falling back on what? Falling back on some sort of uh, 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 belief system that is completely unsupported. Because subhanAllah, they, they, it's, it's, it's a double standard. Or you could say it's a clear um, uh, double standard regarding their level of skepticism. And I'm sure many of us have seen and been in conversations, and that's what I, inshallah, during the q and I hope you guys can mention certain cases that you have uh, seen in your own life. I personally have seen many, where whether it be from uh, speaking to uh, Ahlul Kitab, you know, Christians and Jews, talking to them about their book, and then being hyper-skeptical about the Qur'an, Meanwhile, if we look at the historicity between the Qur'an and the Bible, not even a comparison in terms of like original documents and how it was transmitted and who we know and you know, how reliable it is and being in the original language and, and, and the list goes on. Or even when it comes to something, even when it comes to the skeptic like um, the atheist who says, no, I only uh, believe in science. Meanwhile, he thinks that everything came from nothing, which is a gigantic faith claim. SubhanAllah, nothing has never produced something. It has no capacity, it has no potentiality, it's nothing. It, has, it does nothing, it never has, never will. So you're telling me that you're skeptical of my belief, meanwhile, what are, you, what are you grounded upon? And your concept of morality, where does it come from? SubhanAllah, so you can go on and on and on, showing the double standard where they show hyper-skepticism towards anything that is anywhere near the semblance of Islam, meanwhile, they hold a bunch of beliefs that do not uh, stand up to that same level of scrutiny. The only difference is that they have this laser focus of scrutiny towards us. They just don't point that in the opposite direction and point it at their own faith, uh, which goes to show the hypocrisy. And Allah knows best. So this, these oaths are very, very powerful. And you'll find that in the upcoming ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes into detail about the reliability and the authenticity of this message. إِنَّهُ لَقَوْلُ رَسُولٍ كَرِيمٍ ذِي قُوَّةٍ عِنْدَ الْمَعَرْشِ الْمَكِينَ And so on and so forth. We're going to go into that, inshallah ta'ala, next week. 
bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. I just want to cover these, these oaths because they're very, very powerful and show you that they have two main perspectives. One is that they're referring to the stars which they take meaning from. Allah Ta'ala is going to destroy them. And furthermore, how can you compare that being revelation compared to what this, how clear and obvious and in your own language and so eloquent and so well thought out and, and, the, and the philosophy and the logic in it is so deep and powerful. SubhanAllah, how could you ever argue it? And, uh, and SubhanAllah, secondly, the fact that we are going to destroy all of this anyhow because this is all of Allah's creation. And uh, you are taking from the creation instead of from the creator. May Allah Ta'ala give us understanding. Jamdul khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.